First Timothy this morning in your Bible. Very nice to have each and every one that's here. You're welcome here. Thank God and thank God. First Timothy chapter six, last chapter of First Timothy. One verse, much good above it and below it, but I'll try to zero in here. First Timothy chapter six and verse twelve. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou hast thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Everybody said, Praise the Lord like to work for a little while this morning on simply fighting something that's worth fighting for. Fighting for something that's worth fighting for. <clears throat> you can be seated. The Lord bless you. You know, there is uh, a lot of things that get fought over. A lot of things that cause fights. In James chapter 4, from whence come wars and fightings among you? You know, the Bible said that Jesus in teaching, in the uh, disciples asking him questions and him beginning to answer them, one of the things he made particular reference and point about was that there would be wars and rumors of wars, that nation would rise against nation. And obviously, we're living in times when uh, we're seeing an awful lot of violence. And the Bible teaches in the book of Genesis that the whole earth was filled with violence when the Lord decided that he was going to he was going to do something about it. And that's when he said he was going to destroy the earth because the imagination of men's hearts was only continuously evil. And there was so much violence that the Lord caused the fountains of the deep to break up and the heavens to give forth rain, something they'd never seen at that time, up to that time. And uh, every living, breathing thing on the earth was destroyed, except for those that were in the ark or in the church, those that had gone in through the one door and they had the one name and they were on the one provided way of escape, which was in that day the ark of, the, of Noah that Noah had built, and that you and I are living in a time where Jesus made it crystal clear he was going to build and birth one church, and it would be for everybody, and that there would be one door and one name, and that everybody, whosoever will, could come and could be a part of it if they would only believe as the Scripture says. And the Scripture is very clear in what is the plan of salvation. That is, for the honest heart, it's very clear. 
And that is to repent. Everybody is to repent. And that means everybody is to tell God they're sorry and turn from their wrong way of doing things to begin to do things the right way. Going to him that stole, he should steal no more. Okay? And other things, whatever you want to name, that you're well aware of, I'm sure, that things that are wrong and sinful and, and they need to be repented of, and we get away from that. Everybody said amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. All right. So listen to what James said. As Jesus said, made reference to wars. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lusts, that war in your members? Lust being a strong desire for carnal and fleshly and sinful things. Okay? Things that are going to trip us up and hinder us and blind us from getting to heaven. It's going to just get us going in all kinds of wrong directions and wrong pursuits until we, we just drown in those things. We get so caught up in those things. And he said here, you lust and have not. He said, you kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet ye have not. And then he clinches it by saying, because ye ask not. Now that could leave you a tad confused at that point, but if you read on, he said, you ask and receive not because you ask amiss. You ask wrong. You're fighting for the wrong thing. You're asking about the wrong thing. You're in you're chasing and pursuing after the wrong thing. He said that wind up consuming it upon your own lust. It's important. It's very important to find out what should I be fighting about. How can I focus in and really learn, in a sense, what it's all about? What is it all about? People are going to look back, believe me, on lives that they lived, whether if they're still here with us or in the world to come. And they're going to look back. There's going to be people in the wrong place, and they're going to be continually beaten up by their memory that they fought for the wrong things. They chased after the wrong things. And people here, still here, that will be at the end of a pretty good number of years. I laughed this morning to myself when I read about Abraham, who at that time was called Abram, and he was with his brother and his father, and his father being Terah, and how that they were going to go to the land of Canaan, leaving Ur of the Chaldees, and that they... They got as far as Haran. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like ran out of gas, or we needed a snack, or we need a refresher. We got to stop at Haran, you know, and take a little break. 205 years later, 205 years later, Haran is, he dies, and Abram, who became Abraham and Lot, they had moved on, and it, it it was quite a pit stop, you know, 
I mean, I might check in for 20 minutes, but for 205 years, that's, that's quite a little stop, I'd say. Must have had four flat tires, right? My word. My word. Well, anyway, I'm glad you enjoyed my silent chuckle. Yes. Uh, I'm wondering about 1 Corinthians chapter 9 this morning. And, I, again, I want to help us to zero in on the right thing. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 26, Paul said in teaching to the church, he said, I therefore so run. I'm running. And he said, and I'm not doing it uncertainly. He said, I, I'm not doing it where I, I'm not sure what I'm doing or where I'm going, what direction I'm going. He said, I'm not doing it uncertainly. All right. He said, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. So once again, I'm not doing it uncertainly. I'm not doing it and, and just spinning my wheels, so to speak, and, and expending all this energy and investing all this time against the air, you know. I heard a guy on the radio, the, the gospel radio station, and he said that he, he um, got involved with a class that was supposed to get you in shape and uh, he was he was exhausted after the first eight minutes. And uh, he said at the end of the towards not even maybe towards the middle of the class, they had a big punching bag, the big the heavy bag. And he said that there was this little old skinny small person, and beating that bag and making that bag dance all over the place. And he was. Telling on himself, he said, and I'm trying to hit my bag. And he said, I couldn't do nothing. He said, I was so whipped and so exhausted. And he said, and there's this little, thin, small, skinny person. <laughs> and their bag is dancing all over the place. So he, he was shown to be very much out of shape. Well, what I'm simply saying is Paul's saying here, he said, I'm not, I'm not involved with something that I'm wasting my time. I'm not involved with something that... Uh, I'm just doing it in, in an uncertain manner, not sure about anything, and very mixed up and very confused and, and not really locked in on this. Um, I really don't know what I'm doing. He, he was saying that's not how it is. He said, I, I'm running, he's saying, with direction. I'm running with purpose. Uh, one place he said it, he said, I, I, it came to the end of the class, so to speak, and he said, I've finished my course. I've run my race. And he said, now, now there's a crown, a crown of righteousness. Well, here in earlier teaching, he said, there's only one crown. And he said, so you got you to gotta get with the one that's going to get the crown. Okay, you got to get with the one that's going to get the crown. There's one church, or the church is not the church house. It is one body of believers. Those that are, and this is universal, this is everywhere, people, and people that are even in the grave, the dead in Christ, that they're going to arise, and as one, they're going to be dead in Christ first, and we which are alive remain gathered together, and that we're going to be gathered unto him, we're going to be caught up unto him, and we're going to be the one body of Christ that he gave birth to, and consequently, 
we're going to receive that crown as one, as the body of Christ. We're not going to be any longer, and it's going to happen because we, we weren't any longer aimlessly. What did um, one writer call it? Wandering stars. Running without direction. You know, wandering stars. We're not that anymore. That from the life we were living, the lifestyles we were involved with, the things we were doing, that we were, we heeded by the grace of God. What did he say in Revelation? He said, behold, I knock at the door. He said, I'm knocking at the door of your hearts, not your physical pump down here, but the seat of your thoughts and your emotions, the real you. And he said, I'm where your intelligence is at. And he said, I'm, I'm knocking at the door of your heart. And you're thinking about so many other things. You're running without any direction and any certainty for so many other things. And he said, I'm, I'm knocking on the door of your heart. He said, and if anybody will hear, get that part of that scripture. If any will hear, he that hath an ear, let him hear. What the Spirit is saying. So it comes down to, are you listening? Are you listening? Because I promise you, he's talking. He's reaching. He's trying to communicate with you. That's what he's trying to do. You know, we had one young man here uh, a couple of, maybe a, a month ago, and we had something going on, and and uh, it was time to go in and eat. And um, I kept asking him, have you eaten yet? And he's just looking at me. And I kept on and kept on until finally somebody clued me in and said, he doesn't speak English. And I was like, oh, man, nobody told me, <laughs> you know. And I just thought he, he just wasn't with it, you know. And uh, But you know what? You don't have that excuse with God because God speaks every language. God speaks every language. He knows how to speak the language of the heart. He can communicate with anybody, anywhere. And he's trying to tell you, I'm knocking at the door of your heart. Don't look at me dull and blank. Don't look at me with uncertainty. And What's he talking about? What's he talking about? I had a, I had a young lady standing right here in the aisle, and uh, she was a, a, a wife and a mother of like five kids, and um, and her husband had been praying, and we we got him to a place to where we got him baptized, and he'd been living a rough life. He'd been going in all the wrong directions. He'd been fighting about all the wrong things, and we we were pulling him out of the out of the mess. We were giving him direction. He was running with uncertainty. He was beating against the air, and. Uh, they came back to another service, standing right there. And, and they had informed me that they were going to be going to their uncle's church because he was going to play the drums up there. And they were going to form some kind of band. And I looked at her and I said, what are you thinking? And she just she got all upset. And she started telling him, 
what does he mean? What, what does Pastor mean? What am I thinking? What am I thinking? What am, well, you know, now that we're down the road a little get, a bit, and they're divorced, and she's got two kids by somebody else, and he's with another woman, I guess now we know what the pastor meant when he said, what are you thinking? You have an opportunity here. We've got him. We can do this. We can get him on the right course. We can get him to run and run with certainty. We can get him to hitting the target. We can get him fighting the good fight. That about truth, about heaven, about eternal life. What are you thinking? What are you thinking? What are you thinking? You want to start thinking the thoughts that Jesus is bringing to your mind, to your heart. He's knocking. And he's saying, if you'll hear me, he said, I will come in and sup with you. I will do that. I'll spend time with you. I'll communicate with you. I'll help you. Are you going to just keep on going in the wrong direction, being contrary? Are you going to keep on doing that in your childish, immature ways until you just mess everything up for yourself? He's trying to awaken you. And it is written in the Bible, awake to righteousness and sin not. Wake up. We're living in a violent world. We're living in a warring world that are chasing after everything that they lust for. They just want this and want that and want the other. And, and they're fighting for it, even to the point that it escalates to where it becomes a war. There are wars that are, uh, are, in, are a matter of historical record. And some of them, I still don't know what all the fuss was about. <laughs> what were they fighting for? You know, what, was, what was the real reason? We lost 60,000 young men in the tunnels of a jungle. What were they fighting for? Why were they there? Graveyard is full. Oh, the, the crosses are pretty. And the grounds are kept perfectly immaculate. But that's not doing anything for what's below the ground because it's a lot further below the ground than people realize where they're at. He said, you fight and you cannot obtain. The things you're trying to get, he's trying to say that they do not satisfy. They, they do not help you in any way or your family at all. If you're fighting for, because I just got to have something, that something, Jesus said it's the moth is going to get it, the thief is going to get it, the rust is going to get it. He said, why don't you listen to me and listen to my church? And why don't you open the door of your heart and let me come in and bring something that is lasting, a substance that is eternal, that it, the thief can't get it, the moth can't get it, and the canker, the rust can't get it. Let me give you something that is eternal, world without end. Get your heart there. 
Let that be your treasure. Let that be what you're fighting for. Every day, you want to fight? Okay. Believe me, we got to fight. <laughs> we got to fight on our hands. We've got to fight this flesh down every day. We've got the lust of the flesh, the Bible says. Lust of the eyes, the Bible says. And the pride of life. We got plenty fight. You want to wrestle? You got plenty to wrestle with. One place in the Bible said, with great wrestlings have I wrestled. You want to you want to get involved with something that really counts, something that's really going to matter. It's really tragic and sad when you read or, and see pictures of people who were buried in their cherished Cadillac. You know. So they put a, they put a corpse in a in a rusting piece of junk, no matter how pretty it was when it went in the ground, it, it's going to be a rusting piece of junk, and, and the corpse is going to turn to dust. I read about in the paper yesterday, the Palm Beach Post, about a, some man that was of notoriety because of the bad thing that he did, and they they actually switched his casket because it was, they said that there was some dispute about whether or not he was really buried in that hole in the ground. And so they exhumed him. They got a court order and they dug it up. Well, when they had him checked by the coroner's office and it proved out that that was him, then they put him back, but they put him in a different coffin. And they buried the coffin. You're wondering why. Because they took his coffin, his original, and they wanted to sell it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think it was close to $90,000. But then a lawsuit erupted over it. Fighting, fighting, fighting. Lawsuit erupted. And so it's sitting in a storehouse somewhere. Nobody can have it right now. And uh, meanwhile, it's deteriorating, falling apart. By the time the courts get done with it and all the monies get paid, it's probably just going to be a pile of dust. Termites will probably get the better part of it. They'll get a good meal. But uh, you war, he said, you fight, and you have not, because you're not, you're not asking right. You're asking amiss. You're, you're, you're beating against the air. You're flailing and going, and, oh, you're swinging, and you're just wearing yourself out, but you're not hitting nothing. Just winding up in a big mess. And you, let's listen to what the book of Acts has to say. Of course, it has many good things to say. I want to turn to Acts chapter 5 in the beginning here. Acts chapter 5 and verse 39. 
Now, this has to do with the early original church that Jesus started, the one church in its infancy and its beginnings. And it's getting out there, and it's filled Jerusalem with its doctrine. The city of Jerusalem is filled with being baptized in Jesus' name and people receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, that plan of salvation. They're bringing it to everybody until they filled Jerusalem. And they did that against much opposition because they were telling them they didn't want them preaching in the name of Jesus Christ. They didn't mind, as it came out years later, they didn't mind if they did it saying, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, but they didn't want that name Jesus Christ. They didn't want that. They tried to stop that, fight that. Well, the Bible teaches that the apostles, Peter and the other apostles, they told them we ought to obey God rather than man. Oh, if we're going to fight, we want to be fighting for God, not against God. You might want to keep that in mind because he went on to teach them a little lesson and preach to them a little bit, and he dropped this one on them. He said, we are witnesses of these things, and so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey him. You want to get the Holy Ghost? Oh, I love it when people say, I got the Holy Ghost. There's nothing about you sometimes, some people, that is telling me you got the Holy Ghost. The, your tree is barren. You get the Holy Ghost, you're going to bear not just fruit, but much fruit. That's what your Bible teaches. That's what your Bible teaches. So when you're laden down with disobedience, oh, you got fruit, honey, but it's all shriveled up and rotted. Yeah. Disobedience and stubbornness and pride, jealousy. And you're fighting, fighting, fighting? Oh, man, come on now. As he went on to say that these Pharisees, these religious people, said they heard what he had to say about obeying God, and they were cut to the heart, and they took counsel to slay him. And then stood there up one in the council, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a doctor of the law, had in reputation among all the people, and commanded to put the apostles forth a little space. Brother Williams, please. And uh, said unto them, Ye men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what you intend to do as touching the church or these men. You better watch how you talk about the pastor. You better watch how you talk about brothers and sisters in Christ. And, of course, if God doesn't smite you down dead right then, you think you're getting by. And that's what the Bible said, that the sons of men are fully set in their heart to do evil because sentence is not executed speedily. Well, don't worry about it. Your time is coming. Your beatdown's coming. Oh, yes. He said, he gave an example. He said, before these days there rose up a guy named Thaddeus boasting himself to be somebody, well, you watch the characteristics. They're know-it-alls. They've got all the answers. You know. Oh, yeah, they just go on and on and on for days. Never do anything. They just talk. He said a number of men, about 400, joined themselves 
and you know what? It said they were slain. All as many as obeyed him were scattered and brought to nothing. Fighting for nothing will bring you to nothing. You want to fight the good fight. You don't want to fight the worthless fight. You don't want to come to the end of this life and it, and you, it winds up it was all for nothing, all for nothing. Not when he's knocking at the door of your heart. He said, and let me give you another example. He said, after this man rose up another guy named Judas of Galilee in the days of the taxing and drew, after, and drew away much people after him, he also perished. And all, even as many as obeyed him, were dispersed. And now I say unto you, refrain from these apostles, these men, these apostles. Let them alone. He said, for if this counsel or this work be of men, it will come to nothing. But if it be of God, you cannot overthrow it, lest happily ye be found even to fight against God. You fight against this ministry, you're going to find out you can't overthrow it. You're going to find out, you're going to find out that you're you're beating against the air, and you're running with uncertainty. People think they're going to get their way and go where they want to go, do what they want to do, have their way about things. They're going to find out that they're going to come to a very sad end. But that's not what the church wants for you. That's not what the leadership wants for you. That's not what God wants for you. I'm knocking at the door. And he said, if you'll hear me, if you'll listen to me, if you'll work with me, he said, then I can come in. I can sit down with you. We can have fellowship. Oh, yeah. You know, the Bible said that uh, we should be swift to hear and slow to speak. In other words, sometimes there's people who are talking when they ought to be listening. Yeah. Talking when they should be listening. He said, I'm talking. I'm trying to come in. I want to bring supper. I want to bring, I want to bring everything that you have need of. I want to supply all of your needs according to my riches in glory. I, I want it to be that when you ask, that you're not asking amiss, that you're asking with accuracy. I want you to be fighting the good fight, the right fight. I want you to be getting the bullseye, you know. They, um, back in the day, they had the, the carnival going on and they had it set up, you know, where you took the pistol and you'd shoot and you had to hit certain things and you could ring the bell and you could win some prizes. And uh, one day, this old 
guy strolled up there, and he didn't look like much of nothing. And the guy that was manning the, the booth, he said, oh, boy, I got a chump here, you know. Only that guy was an old cowboy, and he knew about six-shooters. And, brother, you, you've heard the, the phrase, the little jingle, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> well, that's how it was going when he was firing at that target. He was ding, 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 ding. And finally, the guy had to ask him, here, take your prize and leave. Please leave. <laughs> he wasn't missing the mark. He was hitting the bullseye. And the Bible said that we, we want to be like that. We want to press toward the mark. We want to be getting that bullseye. We don't want to be, Paul said, running with uncertainty and hitting but never hitting the target, just missing constantly. I had a friend when I was in about seventh grade, and um, he, uh, he got in a fight with the bully of the school. And uh, when, he, when the fight was over, because, you know, I got broke up by the teachers and everything and they said our friend Jerry they said well you showed us you could take it <laughs> I think he got hit more than he hit was the point and uh, so I'm saying that you know Paul is saying so fight I but not uncertainly so run I but not without direction not without purpose you know I, I'm, I'm swinging but I'm hitting what I'm supposed to hit. I'm not just beating against the air here. I'm, I'm fighting a good fight. I'm not going after things that don't matter. I'm not chasing after things that are going to rot and fall apart. I'm not putting my faith in that. Bury me in my favorite car? I tell my wife all the time, dig a hole in the backyard and throw me in there, girl. Cover it up, put some sod, don't let anybody know where I'm at. Just going to be dust anyway. The real me's going to be gone. The split second, friend, it's gone. All we're left with is a carcass to put in a box and everybody boohoo over. I told you about the woman that called me on the phone. She was trying to convince me of a lie. <laughs> and, she, and she was trying to convince me and she was trying to, to, to cry and be pitiful. And right in the middle of the whole thing, she went, oh, boohoo. <laughs> I was like, oh, girl, you just gave it all away. That, that just didn't fly at all. <laughs> oh, boo-hoo. Wow. That was hot. That was a good one. <laughs> so the, the writer here in the book of Acts, he said, you can't overthrow it unless happily you be found even to fight against God. And, you know, I had a guy in town here. He worked for the city. He was an inspector. And he was giving the church a very hard time. And um, I was trying to improve things. And he was, it was like, I was like, why are you trying to keep me from improving things? I'm trying to fix it up. And, uh, but he just kept on after me. And, and he got with other people in the city. And, and they were kind of like laying little traps and doing little things. And, and uh, so one day he told me, he said, why don't you fight a fight you can win? What? He 
That's not bad advice. That wasn't bad advice at all. It's kind of like the celebrity that pulled up in his limo in the middle of the hood on the parking lot of the basketball court where they all played. And there were two dudes standing out there, bouncing the ball, just waiting for a couple of suckers to come along so they could bet and win money. And this celebrity popped out of the limousine, and he went over there to the two guys bouncing the ball, and he asked them if they wanted to play some hoops. And they looked at him, he's maybe five foot six, and both of them were well over six foot. And they said, yeah, man, we'll, we'll play. How much per game? So they talked the price up, you know, and they were feeling extremely confident, these two guys bouncing the ball. But they're looking at this little old short guy and his white on top of that. You know, white men can't jump. So so, uh, so the, the little short white guy looks back at the limo and he gives a little motion. And the guy that stepped out of the limo was known as MJ. And Michael Jordan walked onto the court. Suddenly those guys weren't so anxious to play basketball, you know. Because the little short dude, he had with him the one that was going to win the game. And, you know, when that inspector told me to, why don't you fight a fight that you can win? He just didn't know who I had in the limo. <laughs> and we not only won the fight, but he lost his job. Yeah, he lost his job. He doesn't live in Belgrade anymore. Yeah, he he, he gone. He gone. Yeah. It would have been better if he would have worked with the church instead of fought the church. It would have been better, you know, if he would have listened to that knocking on that hard head of his and realized that the voice that was speaking to him had something good in store, something good in store for him, good for him. It would have been so good. There are things that God has in store, okay? Just ready. He said, I'll come in and I will sup with you. If you'll hear me, if you'll hear me, if you'll hear what the, have an ear to hear what the Spirit has to say. And he's saying good things. Jesus told them one time, he said, how are you going to escape the damnation of hell? How are you going to do that? I don't care if you get a Ferrari. You ain't going to outrun it. You and your Ferrari are going to die. Or any other thing you want to. I don't care how big the wheels are. I, they're 32s now. I don't know. Maybe after a while it'll be the 42s. And I, I don't know. You're about to get an escalator to get up to get in the car. I don't know. Maybe it'll be a way of practicing climbing mountains or something. But whatever. That's not going to get you there. You know, the Bible teaches in the book of Genesis that they, they uh, begin to make stones, blocks, 
like what we call cinder blocks. And they begin to, out of the slime, to make mortar. And they decided they were going to build a city and a tower whose top reached to heaven. They were going to do it without God. But they were running uncertainty in an uncertain way. They, were, they didn't have direction. And God said, I'm going to have to take care of this. And God fixed everything to where they, they couldn't communicate anymore. They couldn't get the job. The job got shut down. It got red tagged. It, it, got, it ceased. Stop. You don't want to fight against God. It, it's very frustrating. You're going to wind up not only hurting yourself, but all of them that are around you. There's no doubt that there's a fight. But you've got to single out of all the wars and all the fights and all the issues that everybody's always jabbering about all the time. You've got to, it's like all the trees in the garden. You needed to find the tree that was the most important and partake of that. And so Jesus said, there is a way to escape here. Don't let it, don't let it slip away. Don't let it go in one ear and out the other. Give heed and learn what is the, the good fight. What's worth fighting for? Don't let things get so crowded. Didn't he say in one place, how hardly shall people, if you please, he called them rich people, but, but the point is they had an abundance of things. They were constantly heaping to themselves, chasing after to be able to get more. One of the richest men in his time, fantastically, fabulously wealthy, was asked, said, how much is, a, is enough? And he said, just a little bit more. And that's the way it will always be. Every time somebody feels like they achieve what they're fighting for, it's never good enough. It doesn't satisfy. And so they have to get just a little bit more. And so Jesus said, a man's life does not consist of the abundance of the things that he possesses. It's not about possessions. It's not about how much you can heap to yourself. The word heap is in the Bible. No. We want to get in the race all right. And we want to get in the, the war and the battle and the fight but we want to be sure it's the good fight. He said, fight the good fight of faith. And it is a fight. Every day the enemy is going to try to push you around. He's going to try to distract you. He's going to try to get you to go in wrong directions. Get involved with things that are a big waste. He's going to try to get you to do that. You've got to fight to focus back and to stay between the lines and run the race, stay in the lane. It's called the straight and the narrow. And it leads to life 
eternal. Life eternal. But not just life eternal, but life eternal in the qualified sense, meaning with Jesus in heaven. World without end. No more sorrow, no more suffering, no more pain, no more sickness, no more devil or devils. Won't be any more of them. Amen. So, yes, we want to fight the good fight. We want to fight the good fight. Everybody said praise the Lord. Everybody said hallelujah. You know, the Bible said in Acts 23 and 9, because they were giving the preacher a hard time until finally he cried out, realizing who was in the audience, and he began to tell them that I'm, I'm trying to stand up for what's right. I'm, in, I'm trying to stand up for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And one of the group, they didn't believe in resurrection. And the other group did. So they begin to fight among themselves then, argue among themselves. And there arose a great cry. And the scribes that were of the Pharisees' part arose and strove, saying, We find no evil in this man, but if a spirit or an angel has spoken to him, let us not fight against God. You want to fight? Let's do it, but let's fight for the right thing. Let's fight for righteousness. Let's fight for holiness. Let's fight for godliness. Let's fight for the good fight of faith. Let's do that. Let's do that. Everybody said praise the Lord. You can stand. God bless you. If you just have a, a desire to fight, well, we can direct you in the right direction, in the right direction. You know, when you come in the body of Christ through the born-again experience, and you get your direction, you hear the voice that speaks to you through the church, and you repent of your sins, we baptize you in water in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of all of your dirt. And then God fills you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. That places you in the body of Christ, the church, the congregation of the mighty, the Scripture teaches. And he said here, he, he had to tell them later on, afterwards, he said, but call to remembrance the former days in which after ye were illuminated, you got the light, you listened to the knocking, and you opened the door of your heart. He said, after that you were illuminated, ye endured a great fight of affliction. You know, the enemy, he's not just going to run away. He's not going to lay down and play dead. He's not going to, he lost, he loses you when you get born again and you come in the body of Christ. Now you're not running with the crowd anymore. You're not, you're not running to commit crime. You're not involved with people and their thinking and their talking and their attitude. You're not doing that anymore. 
I was talking to one of the brothers who came down from Fort Myers and from the church in Fort Myers, and I said, you know, there was a thing in the paper, and they were talking about this guy that just died, and he was like a poet, and he was a songwriter, and he was pretty famous, and I think he lived to be 81, and, and uh, I, I looked at the article, and I said, I don't know any of those songs. I never heard of those songs. I said, must have been when I came into church, you know. And, and it was because they went on to say in the article it was during the 70s and the 80s. Well, I came into church in 1970. So I wasn't listening to those songs anymore. I wasn't tuned into those radio stations anymore. And he laughed, and he, the guy from, uh, from, uh, from Fort Myers, and he said, yeah. He said, that, that's what people talk to me about things. And he said, and I came in in 2000. And he said, they'll be talking about all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, because, you see, we, we dropped out of that race. We're not involved in that thing anymore. We're not hearing that anymore. We're not thinking about it anymore. We're not watching those things anymore. We've tuned into a different voice, the voice of the Lord. Everybody said amen. And we begin to run a race that now we have direction. We have certainty. Isn't that what Luke said? That he wrote certain things that we might know the certainty of the things that are most surely believed among us. That we'd, we'd get that certainty. We'd get that certain sound. Yes. So there will be a fight. You'll have to fight the good fight of faith. The enemy's going to try to get you to throw in the towel. He's going to try to get you to quit. He's going to try to get you to, what did Hebrews say? If they had opportunity, they could have gone back. But they confessed that they were seeking something far better. And now I'm not going back to the, like the dog to its vomit. I'm not going back like the sow that was washed to its wallowing in the mire. I'm not going. I'm not going that. I've got a better country. I've got a better hope here. I've got a whole better situation going on. And if you young people could recognize that and get started early, you know, instead of being involved with things that are so worthless, so vain, so empty. I don't want God to classify me as you're so vain. You're just so empty and worthless, so about, so about things that are of no value. I want to be about the thing that counts, the thing that matters. Okay, everybody said praise the Lord. If you get a degree, but you don't have God, your degree is worthless. You hear me? There's a lot of things in life you could chase after and achieve, and you could get all your little trophies that they made down the street at A1, you know, it cost 39 cents, and, and they paid $100 for it, and you get it and set it on a shelf, and it collects dust. And you gave your whole self to it, you know. And there's plenty of them that have. Yeah. They gave their years, the best years of their lives. Now they can't walk. You know, their muscles and their bones don't work very well. Their ligaments, a lot of, a lot of bad problems. 
They had, a, they had a picture of a guy in the paper yesterday, and a statement was made that if he doesn't make the Hall of Fame, then, then nobody can make it. And, of course, they also mentioned in the article that he'd taken so many hits that he, his mind was so damaged that he committed suicide. Yeah. Forty years old, I think. Committed suicide. Left behind a wife and kids. Yeah. Fight the good fight. Fight the good fight. Fight the good fight. Don't fight I, but be fighting the good fight. Use your health and your strength and your life and your intelligence, everything that God's given to you. Use it for something that's not vain, something that's not empty, something that's not worthless. You know, lots of times they'll send things through the mail, snail mail, and they'll write right on it, oblivious value. That means it's of no value. Please don't bother stealing this or ripping it open, you know. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the way lives are without God, without the truth. They're just of no value. A life that's valuable is a life that's living for God, that's running this race, that's fighting with certainty, running with certainty. Everybody said amen. A life that is not fighting against God but a life that is fighting for God. Amen. All right. You're standing. God love your heart. I'm going to ask you to take a moment with me and lift your hearts with your hands, and let's pray, shall we? Everybody, you're so welcome here. Thank you, dear God. I give you praise and I give you glory. Oh, Lord God, I need your great touch. I need your great hand, oh, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. You're a great God, a mighty God, a holy God, a divine God. You've never failed and you've never made a mistake. Holy, 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 holy. I praise you, Lord, and I worship you. Worship him. I'm chasing after you, no matter what. 